Hello there, I am Sean Klitzner, and you are listening to yet another episode of Guess Who I Met in Hollywood. Today's episode is no surprise because I named the episodes with the name of the celebrity. It's Dave Chappelle. But it's not like I showed up to Dave Chappelle's house, knocked on his door, and asked to come in. Oh, no. This is one in a million. In fact, the way we met can never happen again with anyone. That's how once in a lifetime this was. Let's start from the way beginning. I was 20 with a dream. I was still in college when I had the fantasy of being in a sitcom. That's what I always wanted. A three-camera, live studio audience sitcom. And the biggest sitcom stars really all had one thing in common. They all did some stage comedy, whether it was being a stand-up comic or part of a sketch group. So I was at the University of Miami, and when my school's theater department held an open mic in the black box theater, it was a no-brainer. I signed up. What I didn't take into consideration was that this wasn't a comedy stand-up open mic. In fact, I was the only comic on the set list. So as we went from musician to poet to essay reader, I sat in this 25-seat theater filled with about seven performers waiting my turn, just slowly realizing how terrible of an idea this was. But for some reason, I had to do it. When my name was called, I had to do what I had planned. The only other person there to watch and not perform was a friend of mine named Josh, who told me that for my finale in my comedy set, I should tell a story and midway through I should pretend to orgasm. Now granted, I had never done stand-up comedy. I didn't know the rules. I turned to my friend, told him I was going to do it. So we brainstormed a little bit, and that's what came out. It was, indeed, one of, if not, the stupidest idea in the history of comedy. Of course, hindsight is twenty twenty, and uh, that's exactly what I did, thinking it was a great idea at the time. But it was a complete fail. I've never been more humiliated in my life, and I have the video to prove just how bad it was. And of course, after that performance... I was hooked. Because what if I killed? What if I had the place rolling? I had to set myself up for a better chance. The closest comedy club to where I lived was the Miami Improv, which was torn down, later rebuilt. So this was the old Miami Improv back in the very early 2000s. In the heart of Coconut Grove, it was a hidden gem where I would go and I went on to craft my skill as a comedian. I went from winning open mic competitions to hosting big name comics who came in. Granted, the open mic competitions were bringer shows and I brought a lot of people. So uh, I won because the people voted. But it did give me a lot of confidence to keep on going. And the people who were there to support me definitely did. So it might have given me this false sense that I was funny at the time. But in any case, I was hooked. Less than a year into it, I had 50 shows under my belt. And an offer from the owner of the club who owned other clubs in South Florida as well. See, I had already made it very clear that I was planning on moving to Los Angeles. And the club owner really, really liked me. So she said, stay in South Florida. Let me help you hone your craft. You'll get stage time. You'll work with some of the best. You will learn. And you will fail. But you will get better. 
for some reason, something was drawing me to L.A., so I didn't have a choice. I had to go to Los Angeles. I had to pack up my stuff and just go, knowing no one but that one kid who came to the black box, terrible stand-up open mic set, Josh. Looking back, it would have led to a much different life than I have today. But I always say any decision I made, if it forwarded my career, but I never met my wife and had my exact kids, I wouldn't have done it. Because whatever I did to get to where I am today in my career gave me the family I had. And honestly, I wouldn't trade that for anything. It's the combination of my wife and kids that truly pushed me forward, even today in my career. And I don't think I would have had that. I think I would have been in a different position. And frankly, I don't think I would have been married. In fact, my wife even remembers me telling people in a friends group we were part of that I just was never going to get married. Well, she proved me wrong. Anyway, so in late 2004, I took off to L.A. and started from the bottom again. I gave up everything I had going in Miami. Consistent bookings on productions that came to Miami, commercials, films, a blossoming comedy career, and stability, family, love. The comedy scene is much different in L.A. You're not booked. You're not paid. If you're big enough, maybe, but really you're just showing up to a club to get stage time to hone your craft and sell merch, sell your comedy, get TV time, and tour. If you're a nobody, like I was, you wait around until there's no one left at the club, and that's when you get your stage time, sometimes at 1, 2, 3 in the morning. It was an empty club at those times, or the club was closing, and maybe there was a couple comics there, some stealing jokes. It just, that was the time you had, and you had to pray that somebody was there to discover you. But I did this day and night. A lot. In fact, the only other comic who did this I became really good friends with, and that comic went on to make a name for himself. He's now a pretty big comic himself as my path in this entertainment industry kind of shifted into what it is today. That story for another time. But I grinded. I hustled. I got to see a ton of huge name comics just drop in and kill at their craft. And others... Well, I got to see some comics bomb, not do so well. And that brings me to Dave. That's right. David Kari Weber Chappelle, born August 23rd, 1973. Chappelle graduated from Duke Ellington School of the Arts in 1991. He moved to New York City to pursue a career as a comedian. Now, a big moment for Dave came when he performed at Harlem's Apollo Theater in front of the Amateur Night audience notorious for booing comics offstage. And boo they did to Chappelle. He describes that experience as the moment that gave him courage to continue his show business aspirations. I completely understand that. He quickly gained recognition and soon after was a regular guest on the night show's circuit. You may remember him as Achu in Mel Brooks's Robin Hood Men in Tights, the nightclub comedian in The Nutty Professor, Women Be Shopping, and the cult stoner film Half-Baked. But before all this, his big break came from his appearance on Russell Simmons' Deaf Comedy Jam on HBO. It gained him a ton of popularity and opened the doors for him. In my opinion, Dave Chappelle is best known for his hit comedy show, Chappelle's show on Comedy Central. It was a weekly sketch comedy show that also featured his stand-up. Now, arguably, 
most people would say his stand-up is what he's best known for. However, the story behind Chappelle's show is what makes it stand out for me. In 2003, Chappelle's show debuted, parodying many aspects of American culture. Most of what was on that show would be condemned in the world we live in today. So rarely do you say a show was perfect for its time. You know, usually you say it was ahead of its time. This was right on. And it was a huge hit. In fact, he agreed to do two more seasons of the show for something like $50 million or something close to that, even though it wasn't his favorite form of comedy. He didn't enjoy that as much as he did stand-up. In June 2004, after the second season of Chappelle's show, Dave performed stand-up in Sacramento, California. Mid-set, he walked off stage after his audience constantly shouted, I'm Rick James, bitch! which had become a catchphrase from his popular Rick James sketch. Chappelle returned to the stage moments later and said, the show is ruining my life. The popularity of the show was making it difficult for him to continue his stand-up career, which was the most important thing to him. Season three was scheduled to begin airing on May 31st, 2005, but earlier in May, Chappelle stunned fans and the entertainment industry when he abruptly left during production and took a trip to South Africa. Chappelle was unhappy with the direction the show had been going in and needed to take time to reflect with no distractions. The media speculated that Chappelle's exit was driven by drug addiction or a mental health problem, but the truth was he just didn't want to deal with the politics of how things were playing out for his career with this show. I know this for fact because I heard it with my own ears. Actually, I had no choice in sacrificing my small nothing of a career at that point to allow for Chappelle to tell his story. Now, it seems like Chappelle was in Africa for years, but it was really a short time because there was so much speculation, it, there was a buildup in his disappearance even more. So it was just another night at the Hollywood Improv in Los Angeles, California for me. I showed up early, made sure the manager on duty saw me, hung out with my other comic friend, just looking for some time. We sat at the bar, ordered a drink I couldn't afford, and waited. It was the usual. Big night as big-name comics were dropping in. Crowd was hot, packed, and laughing their hearts out. I was told I'd be going up that night. It was a good sign. Maybe this is the night someone in the crowd is in a position to help me get something, a break, anything. It had happened before where I'd been stopped after a show by assistants of big execs at networks, and they wanted me to come in to meet the talent development executive, etc., but I needed the right opportunity at the right time. Nothing was hitting. I'd gotten the green light that I'd be going up in a few. Three comics to go until I'm up. As I was waiting at the entrance to the room where you performed, where the comics would go and actually perform on the stage, there was this little section uh, right outside. There was a hallway for the bathroom, but then a, a kind of curtain area where comics would go to hang out and watch other comics. They didn't sit. They weren't drinking. They weren't eating, but they wanted to see their friends and just the talent that got up there. So that's where I was, where I got to watch and see everybody. All of a sudden, I feel this unearthly presence, as if the god of comedy was watching, hovering over me. It felt good, like this was going to be my time. 
two comics to go now. And I had my set down. I was reading the audience the whole night. I knew which one of my bits were going to hit and what new material I'd be trying out. And then there it was, one act to go. I realized the unearthly presence was a physical human being leaning up against the wall just outside of the audience's view. It's at about this time I feel a shoulder squeeze on my right shoulder. It was the manager. He said those infamous words that every comic dreads. You're being bumped. That was it. You knew what that meant. Somebody had dropped in. Somebody was going to take the spot. They wanted to go up. The term is used when you're no longer in the spot you thought. And that had happened. In this case, it was the unearthly presence. A god of comedy. It was Dave Chappelle. I looked over at him and knew this was his first public appearance. Literally. Everybody in the entire country thought he was in Africa. Everything about this man was reported, and there was nothing that said he was back. Yet. Chappelle looked over at me as he realized he was bumping me and kind of just gave me a look like, sorry. It came with the territory of being at the bottom. I knew. I was fine with it. I think he was expecting me to say something about who he was or how he's been gone or how great his show was, but instead, I turned and without missing a beat, when he gave me that look, I just said, you think you're better than me? Very ironically, he chuckled and he said, right now, not at all. I knew that not only did I have a limited time to actually speak to him, but now would be the opportunity to do so. I had to say something. So I simply said, advice for a lesser known comic around here? trying to start somewhat of a quick conversation. And he took it seriously. He stopped watching the comic that was on stage, and he said, you gotta be you, man. Keep being you. I'll try to do it in my best Chappelle voice. You gotta be you, man. Keep being you. He said, that line you gave me about you being better than me, most comics who are beginning would have just looked at me maybe asked for an autograph or praised my show. You were you in that moment. I thanked him and told him he was going to get a standing ovation just for going up on stage. He laughed and said, not very likely. That sort of thing doesn't happen around here. I smiled and I told him, just watch. At this time, whatever comic was on stage, not only was given the light to get off stage, but the MC has now gotten on stage, I believe mid-bit, to say thank you for your time as they wanted to move the show along and get the next comic on stage, being that it was Dave Chappelle, and nobody knew it either. The MC said that there was a very surprise guest that not even he knew would be there tonight. And when he said Dave Chappelle, the place silenced, as if the MC was trying to be funny. Like, here's Dave Chappelle, just kidding. But as the crowd glimpsed over and saw little old Dave Chappelle making his way over to that stage, they rose to their feet. Chappelle looked back at me and he shrugged like, you got me, man. He then took the stage for about a half hour. He didn't really perform stand up. He didn't really tell jokes. They were stunned. Some of the things he said were funny, but the audience didn't laugh uproariously. They just listened as he told them where he was what Africa is all about, and how unstressed he's really been. That the show had done some really tough things to him. 
talked about why he left to go to Africa. He was real. He was him. In that moment, he was the advice he gave me. Maybe the one or two big laughs he got would end up eventually making his act at some point down the road, but that's not what this was. This was Dave Chappelle making his first appearance back from Africa on a stage that he loves so much, being as real as it gets. He finished his set, left the stage, and got out of there quickly. He didn't linger, and it was a good move because there were comics and fans who parked themselves at the bar hoping he would hang out. I'd like to think that whatever car he had got into and whatever time it took him to get wherever he was going next, that he thought about the conversation we had. In some small way, it affected him. Maybe he put himself in the shoes of when he was 19 trying to make it happen for himself. And I hope that it affected him in some way because it affected me in a way so much larger than he probably ever would have expected. Now, because Chappelle popped in and performed for a while, that usually pushes the bumped person down to the bottom of the show because the show is not built by uh, an order. The show is built by times. So you would get more of a time. And if people went long and they went over your time, sometimes you would just get moved for a bigger comic who was there and needed to go on stage at a, a certain time. The reason for this is a lot of these comics jumped from club to club in Hollywood doing their sets and trying out new material, so they didn't have time for me, who's trying to get stage time, to go in the order I was told. However, in this case, no one wanted to follow Dave Chappelle coming back from Africa, so I did. It seemed that if I was going to get on stage that night, it was going to be right then and right there. So. As I took the stage, I was larger than life. It was actually the exact opposite of what Chappelle had just done, his set, the opposite of the advice he had given me, with an opening joke so hacky that I cringe even saying it back. Give it up once again for my opening act, Dave Chappelle. A funny line, but maybe my delivery was too much. Maybe people just asked themselves why somebody like myself would be going up after Dave Chappelle. So many moving pieces as a comic. Needless to say, I bombed that night, obviously. But I learned a lesson. Following Dave Chappelle isn't a good idea. It's not easy. And that, my friends, is the time I got bumped by and then followed Dave Chappelle. The very first time he took the stage after being in Africa. You know, it's not until recently that my act has changed. As I reflect on stories like these, I realized just how much of a false character I was doing stand-up. I become someone I'm not in real life. The person that I am that can make people laugh in a conversation transforms into some sitcom character bustling in to tell an over-the-top joke. I've since become myself as a stand-up comic, telling stories from my real perspective. This isn't thanks to this podcast and reminiscing on these stories. And to Dave Chappelle, who is as real as it gets. Thank you, Dave, for that advice so many years ago. True story. Thanks for listening. And in the words of the great Dave Chappelle, you gotta be you, man. Keep being you. <laughs>